Was he really a vegan? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Uh, let's see. Was Hitler a vegan? <laughs> let's, let's, let's say it and then fact check it after. Oh, I think maybe he was just a vegetarian. Let's see. That's that's close enough. Yeah, he was fine. a vegetarian. He was a vegetarian. It's close enough. It's close enough. That's, there's this but. whole thing around white supremacy and veganism. Do you know about this? There's this like whole fucking no. thing. What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of the Amera Podcast, episode 146. Yeah, baby. We've got the original cast in the house tonight. It's Monday, 6.49 p.m. For those of you listening in the future. Which is everybody. Turns out. Yeah. We've got some Russia and Navalny updates for y'all. But before that, we have some updates on gun control measures and some unfortunately recent shootings that have occurred again. Police. Yes. Murders. Murders. There's just a lot of death with guns. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Turns uh, out. it's kind of like uh, we got to talk about it again, but we have to. We're going to talk about so it again. We're doing it. And we're going to try and make it as good as possible. Got to eat your vegetables. I think I think we should make a shirt, you know, that's a playoff of the old guns don't kill people. People kill people. It just should be like guns do kill people. Guns do kill people. That's it. Just <laughs> on the front and the back. Yeah. Guns do kill people. <laughs> or just guns kill more efficiently than knives. In mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. yeah. Or like, people kill people. People use guns. Therefore, guns kill people. All right. It's a <laughs> transitive property. Right. I like the logic chain there. Also, maybe we shouldn't be doing policy by like logical, uh, you know, whatever those are called that I'm forgetting. Anyways, just it's just not like an English podcast. <laughs> uh... Doing doing policy by like fun little wordplay is something that conservatives do really well, but it turns out is not actually always good policy. Yeah, yeah weird. Yeah, weird before, how it works. Before we get started, I'll introduce the crew, the usual crew. If you're not familiar with them already, we have in the Denver metro area, John Kelly. Hello, sir. How are you this evening? Good, good. Looking out, seeing some moisture in the Denver metro area. Yeah, we're getting Love snow, it. baby. Let's go. Two snowstorms in the last week, which is, I feel like, more than we've gotten since, like, December. So no, we, we had that really... Uh, well, we had that huge one. Yeah. We had the huge one. I, I've had a couple down here in spring. Mm. I feel like it's been yeah. pretty snowy down here. I notice it a lot because my dog's tracking mud, and it makes me crazy. And <laughs> that is also our other Denver correspondent, John Anderson. If you couldn't tell. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Oh, hi. I'm good. I, I Because this is going to be a mostly depressing podcast, I wanted to bring back the fun fact real quick for everybody. Oh. Uh, oh. According to Brendan Bachelor, who I'm hoping is a real person now that I'm looking at the name, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Canucks tonight can pick up their 69th win. Or no, I'm sorry. Tomorrow night, Point. the the Canucks can pick up their 69th win against the Leafs tomorrow on 420. Mm, so I just nice. wanted everybody to know that. So fucking nice. I, Thank I, you, I, think, I think you're thinking points. I think you're Thank thinking you points, much. not wins. No, their 69th all-time win against the against against the Leafs. Oh, all time. Oh, I yeah, see. What sorry, you're sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay. The Canucks can pick up their 69th all-time win tomorrow 
on 420. Again, nice. So Tune nice. In. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. That's your you hear, you hear that, Canadian today. listeners? Oof. And <laughs> also with us, our West Coast correspondent, Mr. Grillo, Tyler Grillo. How are you this evening? Dang, I'm doing all right. You know, heavy, heavy topics, but I'm in full, I'm in my full cat daddy vibe right now because <laughs> I have a, a sweatshirt on that has a cat eating a taco and a piece of pizza. And I also have one of my cats on my lap. Pretty, pretty fantastic. Oh, there a we are. cat eating both a taco and pizza is the most Grillo thing I have ever heard of. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. It did, <laughs> yeah, it did come from an in-law, so. Thank you for dressing appropriately. <laughs> Always. And I'm your host, Blake Mannion. Oh, Not wearing yeah. anything cat-like at all. Just nailed, it. nailed it. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's start off with the unfortunate shooting of Adam Toledo that happened just a few days ago in Chicago. This was a 13-year-old boy who was shot unarmed by a cop. And it's uh, been very disturbing video footage that was released to watch. And yeah, it's just how does this keep happening? You know, as we watch the, the, the Chauvin trial wrap up. Yeah. Well, and we've seen really, I think this topic is about guns because we've seen a, a lot of um, mass shootings as America has begun opening up, um, which apparently the only thing that can prevent mass shootings in America is a literal once in a century global pandemic, but we are back and we are in full swing. I'm sure most of you have seen that graphic floating around of all of the mass shootings that have happened in different cities uh, over the last, I don't know, 30 days or whatever. It's just insane. Um, and so, there is. Yeah. and then we have this, this other problem. So we have this one problem of a highly, armed citizenry and then on the other side we have a militarized police that do not understand how to use use of force properly in in a lot of cases and i don't think either of these problems i mean i think that they are um part of the same problem which is a, a militarized society that we have and we need to everybody needs to de-escalate and i don't think yeah. the police are going to be able to de-escalate until the citizens de-escalate and vice versa and so it comes down to guns are the problem. Like this does not happen in any other equivalent country. Other Western countries have the same equivalent mental health that we do there. It is, it is, it comes down to the fact that we have a, a shitload of guns in this country with a shitload of ammunition and people are going to continue to die at very high rates. It's not that there won't be violent incidents that happen, but people will continue to die at really high rates until we fix this. And we won't be able to properly address uh, our police problem until we do that. So this is a gigantic problem that we're going to need to really yeah. work yeah. on. Yeah. And then hundred percent. And, and, you know, and, Toledo you know, is just, Toledo it's just so tragic. So and that cop was, that you know, cop. chasing him, which is like a thing like, you know, chasing and after and shooting someone like, it's like, what, what kind of training is that? With the um, uh, murder of Dante Wright also, um, which, you know, is obviously happening also um, nearby in the Twin Cities and that whole area. So with the trial of Derek Chauvin, it's, it's very charged. Um, uh, you know, there was the, uh, it was it was him, right, where they, they were trying to tase him, but 
grabbed the gun or was it Toledo? It was one of the two. Now I'm. It was. Um. It wasn't Toledo. Um. It was Dante Wright. But the. I think that it's it's like how could you make that mistake? And like obviously there are like questions around that. But it's like, I think it also goes back to like police reform in general. The training is not good enough. Like I understand that there are two things that you can grip, but like I don't care. I don't care if they look exactly the same. You should know. You should have training enough to know which is on your right hip and which is on your left hip or whatever. Um, and uh, I I also just feel like John, your point here is like there is a space in this for mutual de-escalation, right? Like or um, sorry, mutual disarmament, right? Like the one of the reasons that police force feels like they need to be so militarized, other than just power. Um, is that there's such a well-armed citizenry. And, uh, you know, in other countries, there are many police forces, in all countries, obviously, but there are many police forces in other countries that do not have the same amount of weaponry. Some cops all don't wa- always walk around with a gun. Cops always have guns in the U.S. There are some that don't always have guns. And why is that possible? Is because their citizenry doesn't have as many guns either, right? And so there's this... I think that was a good point, John. And just like in terms of just like police perform more broadly, I feel like that is one of many things that needs to happen. But it's like those two could go together, right? There could be like a, a disarmament of, of the citizenry that also goes along with the disarmament of police. I think you can make a, a sympathetic case for the police, broadly speaking, in this, right? Like I can understand being freaked out with when every. Uh, uh, um, interaction you have with a citizen you're like does this person have a gun and are they going to try and shoot me and that happening over and over and over again and then on top of like not having sufficient training uh i can understand that you know um terrible things happen that's not to especially like in the Derek chauvin case leave everybody off but i want to be sympathetic as much as possible in this discussion to everybody involved because that's how you get to mutual de-escalation right yeah, and so like i get it with the police but we we we've got to and and then you know i think on the other side like let's like teachers make them professionals and make it really difficult to be a cop and then also pay them a shitload of money because we give them tools that can kill people so maybe we should make an investment in in them right. Well, and I mean, across the communities in general is really what you need. And that's what's so really unfortunate currently. And I think a lot of the national discourse when it comes to um, the uh, defunding of the police and that discussion in general is because a lot of people, especially on the right, have taken that and ran with it and said that, oh, what they want is to have anarchy in cities you want chaos in cities you want chaos on your front lawn you want cops that are unarmed untrained and they won't be able to stop somebody from coming into your house and killing you that's the narrative right when the conversation that true reformers are trying to have is that why don't we redistribute some of this stuff that we have do they really need to have 10 armored cars and swat gear to to respond to regular um crime that happens in a city? No, they do not. Right. Do they need better training? Yes, they do. Do we need more social workers to deal with people who have mental health issues that are dealing with other things? So police aren't responding to a hundred different things when really they should be responding to five or 10 type of situations that they're really trained for. Right. And that's what's it's so disheartening about the conversation in general, because you see one side 
and this is really where the defund the police is coming from, is saying that we need to have serious conversations about how our resources work within our communities. And then you have an entire side that's like, nope, what it needs to be is, you know, people need to have their rights to have guns and cops need to be able to defend citizens. And so that's where you have this upramping and escalation. If both sides are just continued armed, then that's what you're going to get is people killing each other. And it's just, it's, it's too bad that that's where we're at, but hopefully there'll be more legitimate policy conversations. You're seeing it start. You're seeing it start. There was a a great example of this in Loveland, Colorado. The, um, the news came out the other day that, uh, this, this lady with mental health issues, um, forgot to pay at a, a store and then oh, I they, saw it horrible and they tackled her and shit. And it's like, you need a, a social worker out there yeah. to, she had dementia. She forgot to yeah. pay for $14 worth. They tackle yeah. her ground and break her shoulder. Police and, and, and then like, again, to be sympathetic to the police, why did, why does somebody who signs up and says, I want to, I want to serve and protect my community. Why am I going out there to respond to this? I'm not trained to do that. I'm trained to catch bank robbers and shit or whatever, you know, like we should, we should have these people who are properly trained in the ability to do this and then be able to give this person support as opposed to punishing her for having fucking dementia. And so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about defunding the police. It's about taking some of that budget and giving it to social workers. Yeah. And there's this, there's this, you know, these memes or whatever going around of like two cops laughing and being like, they say that like, they want social workers to show up and, and like, let's see what happens. What are like, like, you know, cops watching social workers trying to deal with like a mentally ill, violent person or something like you know, basically, or the narrative is like, yeah, let's yeah. see these social workers who wants to, and like, there's these responses from social workers who are like, that's what I do fucking literally every day. That and is what I do. Too. And nurses, that yeah. is my job. That is my job. <laughs> yeah. I already do this. Like, and by the way, I haven't shot anybody doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it has Makes to get me wonder, tr- like, why they didn't send a paramedic or something for that situation that happened in Loveland, Colorado, you know? Well, I, that's that's the thing they did afterwards but it's snap judgment right and that's yeah. what cops have to do on a regular basis and so there is training that needs to happen on their end too because they will even if we had you know as much money as we could to fund social workers to really help in situations like that a lot of the times the cops would still be the first ones that are going to be called and they'll have yeah. to make a decision that oh you know this person may not be right i should probably be doing something else besides throwing them to the ground and arresting them right maybe but, the problem also is capitalism and 12 dollars isn't really worth a, yeah. a person with dementias you know being tackled and whatever but yeah, that's another yeah. part maybe, of this conversation maybe maybe part of the solution and we'll see like what comes of like oh, joe biden's joe Biden. uh and the democrats oh, the bill, bill uh for s- some of these reforms but Maybe one of the Maybe. solutions would be like having a social worker read in the in the car in the unit, you know. Yeah. Every call. Yeah, there's yeah, there's ways to redo it where you have yeah. multiple qualified people that are working together at any given time. Yeah. I also it doesn't think have to be siloed into different areas of funding and siloed into different areas of response. Also, another part of this is like let's all take some personal responsibility and maybe if like an old lady walks out and forgets to pay for $12, maybe the, and I don't, I don't know the particulars, but if this is the case, your first call should not be the police in that yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Like 
maybe you can talk to her yourself or did you get a license plate or whatever? Or like, you know, a lot of times the police are called to situations that they don't necessarily need to be responding to and then things escalate quickly sometimes because people get freaked out when they see the police coming and so like part of this is have a little bit of the cops maybe shouldn't be your first call and and there are resources i saw uh an infographic recently i can go and try and find it so we can post it to the website of all the different numbers that you can call in denver that are not the police to help with different types of of issues going on in your community yeah and so it's a fair point too you know educate yourself about who you can call and and in what particular situations you should be calling yeah i think that's a really great it's a really great point john and and also this is like the point on capitalism it's like if you really if you look straight some of the history of where the police force like came out of and uh what its role was it was it's a lot and how it's historically been used like it is a lot to uphold capitalism and make sure that and like you know these are things you can look very basically at like like protests often target things that impact economics and then the cops come in to stop that Right. Like, right. Like you're blocking a fucking um, oil tanker from docking literally like nothing to be to stop for whatever reason. Let's say this is an example of what happened in Oakland. Uh, it was a it was an Israeli ship and they were blocking it, too. And uh, they were successfully turned that shit around. By the way, this was like five years ago, I think. Um, yeah, docking had to go all the way back. Um, but <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. But the like, like what happens in those situations, like what's happening? There's no violence happening. There's no violence happening. But why do the cops come in? Because the cops are also used to uphold the capitalist system. That is also part of their things, right? Like law and order, right? Being what does that mean? A lot of the time, the order part is making sure that the the uh, economics are working uh, so that the rich people continue to get rich. That's that's what (laughs) it's really like standing wrong, right? Like, why is that? Why is that a thing? Oh, because they're money, money. Yeah. yeah, it's it's too bad that the conversation is often too much like, oh, uh, what's more important, human life or property? Yeah. And what does our society stand for more? Yeah, totally. And you see, and you see that often. Uh, I was going to ask, did you guys happen to see that the Supreme Court turned down uh, a gun case today? Oh, no, I did no. not. Oh, which is pretty, which is pretty interesting. It actually, I was surprised since you know the conservative turn on the court. I thought they would take it up. I think a lot of Second Amendment people thought they'd take it up, but kind of the gist of it, which is, um, I think probably scared some of the justices in the current political climate that they might be making a a decision that would affect a lot of potential gun. Uh, either reform or help reform. Um, But basically it was that like people who have been pulled over or who have evaded taxes are in certain states not allowed to buy guns. Like you're not allowed to buy a gun if you have a speeding ticket or like a parking violation or if you've evaded federal tax, you're not allowed to do it. So like non-felony stuff that you're not Mm -hmm. allowed to buy a gun, Um, which is interesting. I don't know if I necessarily agree with those types of anti-gun legislations. I, I definitely agree with like, getting AR-15s <laughs> right off the street and stopping people. But like, red flag about, laws. With right, like red flag, exactly. Abuse. Mental health yeah. law, stuff like that. Like if somebody was like, oh, you got a speeding ticket, you're not allowed to buy a hunting rifle. I don't know about that. But what, it, was uh, interesting, it was interesting to me that the Supreme Court turned it down today. I was Can, can you remind me, I think the process is any justice can like, quote unquote, nominate a case for consideration and then it's a majority vote about whether to take it up. Is that right? Do you know off the top of your head? 
I'm not sure how that works. Um, I don't think they have to be nominated. I think there's there's a docket that is there, and eventually they have to vote on one. So they can, there's them. other means by um, which they can be presented to the court, but one of them true. is that the uh, uh, – really, I'm just curious where Roberts voted because my guess is Roberts voted against it because Roberts didn't want to get the court involved. Uh, you know, another... I didn't see how the vote came down by lines, but okay. And I don't even know if that is how it happens. I'm pretty I think sure. It, I feel like it is a simple majority. I think it's a simple no, majority. Four of the nine need to agree. Four. Oh, four of uh, the nine. Uh, interesting. Okay. So the minority on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some, at least, at least one of the more conservative justices jumped. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and it could good. have been too if Roberts was sat on the yeah, right. Yeah, I, I almost. Yeah. I would. I would put money on Roberts saying no. Right. Yeah. Well, shall um, we uh, transition over to some updates on our dear activist in uh, prison here in Russia? Dear activist, that sounds like too dear leader for me in this context. But I. But I bet I, I know what you're Agreed, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> our, com- our comrade. Our our comrade. Our comrade. Our comrade. That's perfect. Yeah, because as we talked about, like, and and I'm sure some people who are not close listeners to this would roast us on our love for Navalny, but it is always, like I said recently on another podcast, we're always making judgments compared to the alternatives. So, like, is Navalny awesome? You know, independent of everything, no, he is not. Neither is neither are any of our leaders who we've ever had. Neither am I. Neither are any of us. But you have to make judgment points at some call, and a lot of people would be better than Putin. Yeah, exactly. Putin, not very good. Put me in. (laughs) Tyler, I think you'd be better than Putin. I'll just give you that. Thank you. I think I I think so too. I just don't know if the uh, people of Russia would take. Be too fond of some American with long hair becoming president. Tyler, I don't think you're czar enough, czar-ish enough. I have to shave my head at the very least. I mean, I I just don't think you're... You wouldn't have to do too much. I mean, it couldn't be as long as it is, but like... Peter the Great, oh, he had a pretty are, pretty good okay. beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I maybe you could join forces figure, with maybe? that guy who lives yeah, in Siberia. I was going to say, dude, you kind of look it, like Rasputin. You probably should have yeah, been like, born you got that in vibe. Russia. But I don't know. Man, how that I works. mean, you can be like, what was it, William of Orange? Right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I mean, yeah. hey, I was gonna try to make a really nice transition with ships because I was talking about the Chargo, the Israelites uh, uh, ship again. Then I was gonna make it so that, that there are ships that have been now moved into what is it, the um, <laughs> just the Black around sea. Crimea? The oh, Black sea. yeah, the Black Sea, All right? right? Uh, it's from the Caspian to the Black, or vice versa. Right. But basically, now, in addition to all of the troop buildup along the Ukrainian border, now we're getting uh, a Russian-Ukrainian border. Uh, now we're getting ships as well. Um, yes. Oh, so, it makes sense, you know, sense. from the Russian government standpoint. You know, it's a warm water port. They want that. Well, oh. they've, but they've, I mean, this is part of the, an escalation. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't trying to downplay and, the escalation. I was just saying. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is concerning. The U.S. Uh, or Biden and Putin had a call the other day, and, and I would recommend everybody read the wording of the readout. It's very <laughs> funny. Um, it's very diplomatic. Um, but it's like they talked about, you know, general Russian U.S. interests. And also, President Biden warned unequivocally against Putin's use of force in Ukraine. It's good stuff. Uh, 
but you know this is this is something that uh i want to be clear about again that we're not necessarily saying like oh my god you know war is imminent but this is a uh move on the chessboard that is significant enough to pay attention to especially in the context of what's happening with navalny because they're likely connected a lot of times when there's internal turmoil they try dictators try and turn uh, uh tension outward yeah 100%. so yep. we could be seeing that but it is very very important that we keep an eye on this because it would obviously be real bad if some war broke out uh more than we've seen right in uh in the ukraine or on the eastern or the the east side of of europe yeah and i mean like it's it's in a direct response to uh trump's smaller support for nato and his idealism of how the united states should act in europe there was a vacuum that really putin saw so yeah there there are domestic um situations that of uh could influence how bold he's trying to be but Part of it is also based on the last four years of American foreign policy and how we decided to set ourselves up. So, yeah, there needs to be a little more pushback from the Biden administration, which, you know, the call was diplomatic, I'm sure. But we're 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 sending troops back to Germany. There's a bigger response to it because, you know, Biden actually Biden supports our European allies. Yeah, and I think uh, my guess would be – I am obviously not a Russia hand, but my guess would be um, it has a lot more to do with internal Russian things than an opportunity with NATO. Um, I don't think that we've seen – like we have, we have enough deterrence in Europe even with the uh, erosion that Trump uh, uh, over oversaw that I think we're – mostly okay there um it might have made i i think what we really did is we lost an opportunity to uh uh contain russia um so i mean maybe you get to there um but i think i think this particular troop movement has a lot more to do with navalny um and 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 putin trying to distract from there i can see that yeah there's um, there's opportunity is what I what I was getting at. I think there's there was more opportunity in Eastern Europe than there would I have mean, been given the given I mean, a different yes, president the last four years. That. And so, you know, but it, it it it's it's certainly concerning. And what'll be very interesting is that if Navalny does die in the next five days, ten days, next week, you know, what's what's going to happen to the internal politics there, right? Um, do you see people taken to the streets? Do we see you know the power vacuum? Um, cause there's a couple different vying powers and competing parties that are against Putin. What really happens, Navalny was kind of the poster child, right? But he was a little bit kind of an independent in between a bunch of different resistant parties. Um, but he's uh, one of, uh, you know, a number that have been killed or potentially killed by Putin right. as well. Right. So we've exactly. kind of yeah. gone down the line here. Um, yeah, does does so, the crackdown continue? Um, does he die? Does protests happen? And does Putin then become more aggressive in the Ukraine? Right. More aggressive Maybe. in the East? It's possible. It's certainly possible. We should definitely see a U.S. response. We we um, I believe we unfurled some sanctions, but I would like to see some. If Navalny dies, I would like to see some pretty serious um, reaction from the United States. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's going to be really. I mean, yeah, it's sad to see it it happening. Um, 
but this whole tension, you know, if he, if he does pass away, this whole tension between the inner and outer conflicts, right? Like there's nothing like that brings a country together than like a war or some shit. But at the same time, I'm like, how many times can you play that card, Putin? Like, this is not the first time that there's been this, uh, this move towards Crimea, you know? And so I wonder if it would be how successful that would be also. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, it worked for Stalin for decades. <laughs> Guess that's true. So I, I wouldn't say that necessarily the the Russian um <laughs> the oligarchic powerhouse that is Russia, I wouldn't say that it's that much different than what Stalin was dealing with. And that that shit worked for years. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get another know. long telegram, baby. Let's do it. I would like to see once Putin moves all the troops, once all the troops are over there, then that's when the people have the revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving him away from Moscow. Keep moving him out. Go for it. Move him. We shall see. It is. Um. It is. It is. You know. This is something that I don't think is getting enough attention in Western media, from what I can tell. And so, um, you know, this is something listeners to keep an eye on because I think this is, you know, one of those things where in these this thing this tends to happen in in foreign policy or big big events in the world where it's kind of like, how could this happen? How could this happen? There's no way this is going to happen. And all of a sudden it happens. And then it looks totally inevitable from mm. uh, the other side of the event. And so, you know, these are one of those things that in retrospect look, makes it look inevitable. And so to part of the way we prevent it from happening is understanding those telltale signs and calling them out and hopefully deescalating tensions like we should be doing both in the United States and between countries and the United States itself. Mm-hmm. Hey, and if this was a heavy episode, um, well, well, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but uh, I hope you did or enjoy, or at least in the spirit of 420, which is tomorrow, the highest of the high holidays. Uh, so everyone, please uh, make sure to take care of head to, uh, amongst all these hard times as we continue to wander into the age of Aquarius abyss that is uh, 2021 so far. That's right. And That's everybody- right. Especially Smoke a little weed, from... celebrate Hitler's birthday. You know, do all the fun stuff on 420. Okay, all right. <laughs> now, I, had to, I always have now. to throw it out. You know. Well, now we can't have an ending. <laughs> how am I supposed to Godspeed on Hitler's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> you can. I think you just um... did. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, That'll it's... be it. Just cut it there. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. You can say... There's no coming back from that. I had a perfect one with Tyler and then Kelly comes in and he's like, oh, let me be Diablo's advocate and blow everything up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you guys, if you guys don't want that, then you can just say, John, just say what you have to say. But what I was no, going to say it's is that. already gone. I've already yeah. forgot it. Fair enough. Yeah. I was going to say smoking weed is actually throwing it in Hitler's face anyway. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, well, you want to celebrate Hitler's birthday and also the anniversary of Columbine, but you know what? You can throw it in Hitler's face by just eating some meat because he was vegan. <laughs> Godspeed, everybody.
man. Was he really a vegan? So good. So good. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Uh, let's see. Was Hitler a vegan? <laughs> let's, let's, let's say it and then fact check it after. Oh, I think maybe he was just a vegetarian. Let's see. That's that's close enough. Yeah, he was a vegetarian. Fine. He was a vegetarian. It's close enough. It's close enough. Well, there's this whole thing around white supremacy to... and veganism. Do you know about this? There's this like whole fucking no. thing. Yeah, there's this whole thing. 